Hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, it is just super appreciated. Thank you as always for clicking in for the support. It means the absolute world. We're returning to France in this episode as Daryl and the remnants of the Union of Hope continue their journey towards North France in episode 2 of AMC's Daryl Dixon, meeting new survivors on the way, as well as experiencing old memories of a time just before the apocalypse unfolded. I said before on the last Daryl review that we did, just how much I was hooked from the opener, you know, like episode two hasn't done anything to quash those at all. There's very positive views I've got on the show. They are still there. I'm really enjoying it. Granted, I didn't think episode two was as good as the first, but there was a nice amount of character development and understanding about those new allies that Daryl has now sided with. You know, in particular, Clemens Poises, Isabelle, and Louis Puech, Skiglitsu's Laurent. And too, in addition, we get some great Daryl action for good measure, you know. But the show seems to be building to something, like really building to something that I can't wait to see exactly what it is. I'm certain there's going to be plenty of twists and turns on the horizon. But for now, I'm still very happy tuning in weekly to see what's next for these characters. Now, episode two included some brilliant set pieces as well as some gorgeous visuals and views of France itself, you know, pre and post apocalypse. And this was all aided too by some brilliant cinematography that I was just absolutely just lapping up, you know. But the real winner for this week's episode is the story. It's the script. The writers have done an amazing job with it. It's so well written and it's almost like a character study this week on Isabel and how she's become the person that she is. Like this episode answered a lot of questions that I was raising in my last review, you know, like why Laurent, this and that. But I feel there's still more to come, you know, surprise-wise anyways. But it did tick a lot of boxes and just kind of, when you think that it's a six-episode series they're gonna to have to really get to it you know what I mean but I feel like they handled it so well it didn't feel rushed they kind of just just laid everything out like breadcrumbs all the way through this episode and the reveal at the end or like where we where we leave this episode I should say where it finishes um, I thought it was just brilliant I thought it was all around a very well executed and put together episode and that's what we're going to talk about obviously with spoilers in this episode of Joe Blogs about films of course the podcast is available on Apple Spotify and Google Podcasts if you jump onto socials Instagram and Facebook search Joe Blogs about films you'll find the pages give us a like and a follow on there that'd be awesome if you could hit notification on wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast through that would be grand most importantly leave us a review eh? because that would be absolutely wonderful so daryl isabel laurent and sylvie face new troubles on their journey isabel also remembers the day the hungry ones appeared for the first time while laurent struggles to fit in with his new surroundings now i don't think we can really go any further without discussing the moments that this episode brought where we saw paris fall like the opening to this episode was brilliant and very uneasy at times knowing that at any minute this whole life and way of living is about to crumble. As mentioned, this episode really dives into Isabel's backstory, from her being, you know, a drug user, a thief, self-harming as well, it seems, from the shots of her wrist that we see at the bar that she's in, having a good old disco dance. Like, she's a lost soul, so to speak, in this big bad world. But that world is going to become even more bad, you know, and it's, it's how then people adapt and change that is pivotal for their survival. She is easily influenced, it seems, at the very start of this episode. And we, you know, we see her interacting with different men and she's like dancing away. It's like almost like she just doesn't care. You know what I mean? She just she's just getting by. Like and seeing her leave that club, she's set to begin walking through the streets of Paris, all while you hear 
the odd siren, you know, going off in the background or like, you know, if that's a police or an ambulance or whatever, he was just so suspenseful, you know, like cutting out the score to hear those sounds was such a great touch. Added as well, like the commotion of like first walkers attacking. It was just brilliantly put together that really gave the viewer a true insight of what it was like when everything came crashing down in Paris. Because that's the thing that The Walking Dead has been very limited on in its run is giving us an experience of when everything started, you know, when the outbreak started. We've seen bits and bobs in Fear the Walking Dead, merely in that first season and then they kind of went off a different way but that was it really and again we've had the odd few moments here and there but not on this scale and just by seeing the bigger world at this point in the timeline was was just really exciting to watch you know seeing it all unfold it makes complete sense if you're going to have a a spin-off set in paris that you would show how it all went down. I feel like the writers and the directors and team and everyone, they delivered quite well on that one. And and that brings another element I really liked too within this episode was the two running narratives of past and present. Again, edited perfectly and put together really well here. And I was talking to a couple of friends about this and how it all works so well whenever our characters or Isabel, for example, was in like current motion or something, let's say riding towards somewhere or something like that, or being out in a nice stretch of land within their current journey, only for it then to cut back to the past and the circumstance that she was in, you know, with getting to a safe haven for her and a pregnant sister as the outbreak was happening. Like, they did this throughout, like, just cutting between the timelines. And it was... I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was so, so effective. And it really kept you on on your guard a little bit as to what was going to happen next, where we were going to find Isabel when it cut back to the past and back to France when it was all kicking off. Like, what what danger or what was the next step for them? How did she get to where she was now? And the episode just executed it so, so well. And it would have been so easy for the writers to just go, okay, here's your flashback at the start. We'll show you everything there. And then we're going to cut back to the present. But but no, they, they really allowed the audience to digest and follow these split narratives that I bloody loved. Seeing the destruction and panic through the eyes of Isabel was excellent. She clearly doesn't know what to make of her surroundings at this at that current moment. There's a fantastic and terrifying moment of her on the subway waiting for a train home, only to see the carriage slowly roll past, revealing the horror that is unfolding within. You know, glass windows are being smashed, people are clambering over seats and over one another to get away from the walkers while screams and panic are deafening to bystanders. It just escalates and escalates before we follow and track Isabel leaving the station to the outside again, only now it is a full-on scale panic station, you know, mayhem everywhere. And I did think that we could have potentially seen a variant walker, perhaps. I was itching for a running walker, if I'm being completely honest, but there was enough in these moments to just enjoy as a fan and as a viewer, as we never really, say, see this period of time in The Walking Dead. And I thought it was just ace. That was absolutely ace. Um, and as touched upon a moment ago, we learned that Isabel had a sister whom she was taking care of and supporting them both, which is where her devious acts were coming from, like coming into play, you know. She steals watches for money, this and that, just tries to get by, as I said earlier, so it seems. However, when the outbreak begins, we learn very quickly that her sister is pregnant and needs medical attention, being she's seven or eight months pregnant, something like that. Now, this is where the questions got answered for me anyways that I had from episode one. I was I was curious, I remember saying towards the end, like, why why Laurent? What, what's this kid? I know they'll answer it, but I'm, I'm interested to see what that is about. Um, and as I say, I'm very curious on that side and, and, and why he is the new messiah with these nuns within the Union of Hope, this and that. Um, and with taking a rather large page out of The Last of Us, um, AMC have given us a child that was born following their mother being bitten and then sadly turned into a walker. 
However, the child obviously was managed to be saved. Um, it was a really bittersweet moment for Isabel as, a sister ter- as, a, as her sister turned to her, you know, when they arrived at the Abbey and asked her to take care of the child, knowing that something wrong was happening with her. And then we learned during that previous scuffle that the characters had with walkers near like an ambulance in, in France that, that one walker had inadvertently obviously bitten her sister and then her time therefore was very very limited i don't mind the whole similarity to the last of us if anything amc have taken it just a little bit further than what they did in the last of us as when ellie was born her mother hadn't become fully infected by then whereas here isabel's sister is a full-on walker really really like surreal to see that and I love that final shot of having Isabel holding baby Laurent and walking through the abbey, all while like the screams of a walker sister echo in the background, along with the reverend performing what will essentially be a wasted exorcism, so it seems. But we just track and follow as Isabel walks, and the nuns all stand on either side of her, lowering their heads. It certainly gave you that religious feel, you know, that this to them was a huge moment and one they couldn't ignore as a sign from God. And it also captures why Isabel would then convert to the union of hope, being that they saved her and now saved her nephew. Um, Just a really, really lovely touch that the episode included. And it kind of, again, as I said before, harks back to that religious connotations, all the themes that they were running with in the first episode, kind of brings it all like really to the forefront. Um, It's like in a way when you look at it that Isabel... She too is reborn, you know, all the horrors and the dangers of the world up until this point has led her to where she was supposed to be. She's now surrounded by people that will take care of her and the newborn. And the fact it's like so fantastic, really, what's happened being this kid is now the son of a a walker. I know that's a stretch, but you know what I mean? It's understandable that people's beliefs then would be renewed in this hour of darkness. I just thought all of the backstory for Isabel and why Laurent is deemed the Messiah was handled just superbly. And it's given us enough to go on moving forward. Like, we don't necessarily have to have any more flashbacks about that. We have a clear understanding of the whys and hows. Um, though I would absolutely love to see more of France, like, as the outbreak happened. I am not saying they shouldn't do that. that they, were, they were awesome. It just all worked really well. And say, as a character study on Isabel, this episode was brilliant. But in addition to this, we also have our protagonist meet with a new settlement of survivors all of which are children who have turned a preschool into their sanctuary now this was really heartwarming again like a nice touch to be honest because you can't help but think god yeah like if parents had dropped their kids off at preschool or wherever and then didn't ever come back like where would the, what would the children do would they go like because there is no way that the kids would just leave you know to search for them they would end up staying there forever but in, it was like a real sense of community and brother-sister bond between every one of the youngsters residing there. They've adapted too, obviously, and, and can certainly handle themselves. It reminded me, like, the Lost Boys from Peter Pan, in a way. Like, whether the creative team were going for that, either way, it just was excellent. And I also thought how the children, like, looked up and respected, even loved the teacher that took care of them for all this time. It was really, like I say, heartwarming, but sad, because the teacher is now quite ill, unconscious, obviously, for the whole majority of the episode. Well, not the whole episode, you know, at least Daryl on that side quest to help them get some medication that the children think will help cure the teacher. Now, I spoke last week about Daryl being the perfect character for this TV show and this particular storyline, being the parental figure and all. But again, these moments with the children, he really homes in on that father figure that he can be, like we've seen with Judith, this and that over the years, you know. He can't just, like, turn around and quash their hope at the end of the day. He knows the medication will do very little to help this elderly lady, but he also needs a horse as well for the remaining part of their journey, you know. So almost... It almost becomes like a bit of a bargaining chip for him. Like, he uses he uses that, but not in, like, a malicious way. It's just kind of like, 
I don't want to crush their hope, you know. And I thought it was a nice conversation that he and Isabel had about, you know, when they were talking in the, I think it was like the bedroom, how the children will never know what life was like. Um, Daryl simply states, you can't miss what you don't, what you didn't have, which again was like a bit of a gut punch. Knowing these young souls will never know what a normal life is or was. Very thought-provoking element of the episode by, you know, brought in for these characters. And a, a further quick note on Norman Reedus in this episode, again, excellent. I mean, how many more positive words can we say about him as this character? He's like really, really great. It's like, I said before, it's like in the last week, it's almost making him better. And I don't know how they're doing it. Like, I really don't. Like, I think I enjoyed him more in episode two than I did in episode one. It's like, there was just, again, like Isabel, just seems more time developing like him, but also the relationship between he and the others, whether that be Isabel herself or the kids, you know, like staying at the preschool. I thought the moment where they all sit to have dinner and they ask Father Daryl, as he's known in the episode, they ask him to say grace. And it was it was beautiful. Like, he says along the lines, I think I wrote some of the quote down, he says, Lord, I'm sure you have your reasons for turning the world upside down. Maybe we deserve it for being so mean to each other, but not tonight. Tonight is good. And if that isn't good enough for you, I don't know what is. The whole mood and setting of this scene was gorgeous. Like, the score is wonderful as well, and just Daryl giving this prayer for everyone around is just something that I'd never expect to see. Especially in the... Just, I would, no, I wouldn't ever expect to see Daryl doing that. Um, and again, it brings in what I was saying last week about how even though he doesn't share the beliefs of others, he respects them. Something that he's developed within his character over the course of his entire journey. Um, and I thought this was just a really lovely moment that the show did include for episode two. Now, my final point on this episode is just how I'm really enjoying this medieval aesthetic that the show's running with. We got a lot more of this in episode two with how they end up going to a castle for, for this medication that they need and how all the walkers are underneath the drop bridge, etc. Um, and I was saying after last week's episode, like I was enjoying like the use of old military weapons and the vibe of like yesteryear so to speak and episode two carried it carried that on so so well which i'm sure is going to continue as the show runs on and i am just digging it massively like really really i'm impressed with the with daryl with daryl dixon's show um it just makes it more compelling to watch just to see how walkers can be taken down with the equipment they have you know i think it's all just flowing so so well overall another solid episode the depth in this works excellently with the characters and i just can't wait to see what happens next i really really can't there were so many like lovely and poignant moments in this one like i say it just it all worked it felt like there was just more study of the characters like not saying there wasn't enough in the first one there just there was just more of it in this that like, we had a lot of time to sit and just digest everything and it worked really well great editing great cinematography some wonderful shots in here um I can't wait for episode three, man. I can't wait to just continue this series. But let me know your thoughts on episode two of Daryl Dixon. Are you still enjoying it? Are you thinking the best thing The Walking Dead ever did was end so that these spin-offs can thrive? Because I certainly do. I certainly think that. It's going very well spin-off wise. It's making me more hopeful about the execution of the Rick Grimes TV show because that's one thing I'm nervous about. It's like we've waited so long for it. Is it going to be any good? Is it going to be worth the wait? I think it's going to be if these if Dead City and Daryl Dixon are anything to go on. Yep, I think we're in good hands. Anyways, I've taken up much of your time. Thank you as always. Do get in touch on the socials, all that. Leave a review, as I say. Hit those five-star buttons on Spotify. That'd be grand. But until the next episode, take care.